welcome to the Monday Show. Welcome to week 12. Hope the first 11 weeks have gone well for you. Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Chris Towers. No Scott White today. I don't even know where Scott White is. I know where Scott White is, but I'm not going to tell you. All right, fair enough. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Monday Show. Hi. You're all over the place. Yeah, I've just been having to fill in for everyone. Welcome back, Heath. Good to have you back. How was your uh, your vacation? It was phenomenal. The Smoky Mountains are amazing. I saw two bears. I saw one idiot almost get killed by a bear. Whoa. It really? was um it was really great. I understand that you guys had some struggles on the podcast while I was gone. <laughs> but uh raisins are terrible. <laughs> what? You're not on team raisin? I I couldn't no. remember. Oh. They're the cottage cheese of fruit. It's a, cottage cheese is it a fruit? What what that's like what what the heck did you just say? They're the cottage. It's an, it's an analogy. They are the uh, cottage cheese of fruit. Like oh, somebody oh, I saw see, this. I see. I see. My bad. Hey, I've got these grapes that nobody ate, and they're really old. And they've all shriveled up. Would you like some? <laughs> On the other hand, can I just say one thing? Is it about grapes? Sun dried tomatoes are fantastic. Yeah. Okay. That's a lukewarm take. So we're gonna go over all the action from the weekend. We're going to talk about who we added and dropped. How about Chris laying down 10 bones, 10 bucks on John Lackey? Yeah, I, I think I yeah. have three starting pitchers who are on DL in my in that league. So, yeah, I needed uh something. Did not get him with my $1 bid. I wasn't expecting to. Um, and, uh, yeah, and a lot more. Basically, it was a hitter's weekend, man. Wow, did we see a lot of hitting, a lot of home runs. I'm going to ask you guys... Most important hitting development, most important starting pitching development, most important bullpen development. We'll talk about uh, Tanaka, Paxton, all the struggling starting pitchers, and read some emails, hopefully, at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Uh, Heath, what was the most important hitting development from the weekend? I just wrote about this guy in the waiver wire. I feel like maybe it's a little bit under the radar, but I think it's really important because it's a little under the radar, and that's Trey Mancini. With Chris Davis going on the disabled list, sounds like until at least after the All-Star break. What I wrote in waiver wire is a lot of times you see these guys that are not playing every day, and but they're hitting really well. But then when they get the opportunity to play every day, they get exposed a little bit. So far, that's not what's happened to Trey Mancini. He's actually hit better since he started playing every day. He has been awesome when he's been at the plate. He's going to play first base every day for at least the next month. Trey Mancini is batting 429 with three home runs in his last nine games. I thought he was playing fairly regularly, but but he still had a really good slash line, you know. Oh, he, he was season. awesome. He was playing fairly regularly, I think is fair, just not quite enough to be mixed league relevant. Okay, so he's 38% owned. Would you rather have Trey Mancini or a recently returning Mike Napoli? Hmm. If I... <sighs> I think I'd rather have Mancini. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I think Mike Napoli's probably pretty replaceable. So even if you, even if Trey Mancini's a a mirage, I don't think you're gonna miss Mike Napoli. Chris, most important hitting development from the weekend. Um, I mean, is any hitting development meaningful in a world where everyone hits two home runs every single game <laughs> that's how it felt over the weekend it's it's amazing it, it, I, like Mancini was definitely one that jumped out I went with Dexter Fowler since he's homeward in four straight games but well, I don't even know what to say about Eric that Thames. Thames yeah he was people were starting to starting to panic after uh after the the slow May and even in May he had a 791 OPS he's up to a 902 OPS in the month of June despite having a 20, uh, 200 Babbitt I think Eric Thames is pretty legit. 
Yeah, actually, we talked about it last week, right before this extremely hot streak from yeah. Eric Thames. Uh, if you believed in him, it was a great time to buy low on Eric Thames, and you probably missed that opportunity now because he uh, he's red hot again. And that's good to see. Yeah, he had he had about a month long stretch where he was the OPS might have been okay, but that was mostly walks. The hits weren't yeah, there. Yeah, the but I think there. that's a good sign. If you yeah. go ice cold and you still walk a bunch, that's that's probably a pretty good sign for your skill set and the fact that you know pitchers are still afraid to challenge him. Tell that to Michael Franco. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is a good sign. All right, I said Dexter Fowler at this point. Yeah, I'm starting him. He's like 78 percent owned. Uh, Fowler's homered in four straight games. It's not what you expect from him, but he's still walking a ton, which is exactly what you expect from Dexter Fowler. And yeah, hitting was, uh, hitting was ridiculous this weekend. Most important starting pitching development of the weekend, Chris Towers. Uh, based on the like 10 tweets that I got on Friday night frantically asking about James Paxton, I would say him. Okay. He has not looked good since coming back from the DL. I can buy the explanation. Let me tell you what the explanation is. Uh, the Seattle Times was reading, said, the, the reporter said that he was just missing on Friday, getting squeezed a little bit, and then he was coming over the plate and getting hit hard. But more importantly, uh, both James Paxton and his manager, Scott Service, said that Paxton's mechanics are off. Paxton said his timing is off. Is off. He's not repeating his delivery. And, you know, I am at this point willing to buy that. How about you guys with Paxton? I'll, I'll buy that. I don't, they don't have any reason to lie to us about that. I'm sure that's what's happening. My question, I guess, with that is, like, nobody's dropping James Paxton. But right. if he's telling me that currently his mechanics are off, he can't repeat his delivery, I don't think I'm gonna start him until he can. Uh, I think he, I might have an easy match. Oh, uh, let me check the match. I have a hard time sitting him though. Like, we've just seen how good he can be, and I, I, I saw that same explanation after Friday's game, and I looked at his, um, his, Release point on Brooks Baseball, and it's pretty much where it's been. So I don't think there's a ton of huge changes that he needs to make. You know, obviously, it's a relatively amateur uh, scouting kind of thing. <laughs> but I just, we've seen, it's not like, because he had such a huge change in his mechanics last year, it's not like he's reverted back to who he was. Yeah, it could just be he came off the DL, his timing is off, his mechanics are off. So, starter sit this week, I guess you might disagree, Detroit at home. I'm probably sitting if I if I have anybody on the bench that is yeah, decent. What are the chances you do, though? Well, I, I guess that would be a good place to go with my biggest pitching development, and it's Jacob Freya. Jacob Freya. Yeah. Three straight starts of at least six and a third, only giving up one earned run. The strikeouts are not that surprising. He's got 22 and 19 and two-thirds innings. He's an elite strikeout pitcher. What's kind of surprising is the fact that he's only walked four batters in three starts and has yet to give up a home run. I, I think he probably has a little bit of regression coming in both areas, but he's got he's still just 71% owned. He needs, needs to be, to be close to 100. Right. Faria, 71% owned. And I was going to ask, should we give him – look, a lot of pitchers trick us, right? But But some don't, like Jose Barrios didn't. And I'm not saying that we're going to say that Barrios is as valuable as Jose Barrios, but Barrios should be owned in every league. Should Jacob Faria be owned in every league? Yes. I I think there's probably 5% maybe of our leagues that are eight teams or smaller, and maybe not in those leagues. But anything 10 teams or more, yes. I think I think a more interesting question is a guy that we were really excited about after his last start and or his previous to last start. 
And that's Sean Newcomb, who struggled a little bit against the Marlins. Three strikeouts, four walks, still had a quality start. Would you rather start Paxton or Newcomb? I think that's a more interesting question. Newcomb, I don't know who – it would depend for me on Newcomb's matchup. Uh, he's starting on Thursday against – I don't know. I'll tell you. <clears throat> but it's going to take me a second, so. Uh, great team name I just came up with. Duke Newcomb. Oh, come on. Come on. How many? Great. You're like the 10th person. San Francisco. You're the 10th person. Oh, home against San Francisco. That is a good matchup. Oh, I actually have him in the good matchup section, Sean Newcomb. Uh, I'm but, starting Newcomb over Paxton. I don't know. The well, control. I do. <laughs> the control thing really is scary with Sean Newcomb because that, you know, he, he's like, why should I treat Sean Newcomb differently than Blake Snell? I mean, terrible control in the minors, and that's something that takes a little while to iron out. Well, Newcomb's gone six innings in his first two major league starts, and Snell did that like once every month. I know, but months. I mean, the way I treated Blake Snell preseason, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's kind of like we were talking with Francis Martez last week, where sometimes these sometimes these issues that you have in the minor leagues are partially a result of trying to develop your weaknesses, and then once you get to the majors, maybe you start focusing on the things you already do well. I hope. I mean, I'm not so dropping a chance Newcomb, for that, but it, Sean Newcomb is really impressive when you watch him pitch. Like he's a yes. big lefty. I think he dialed it up to 98 to strike out Giancarlo Stanton on one of those plate appearances on uh on Saturday. He's he's really impressive when he's on. I think he's about 53% on now. My uh, biggest pitching development is Alex Wood. Uh, just have you guys noticed his ground ball rate? He's He's got Dallas Keuchel like he's getting more ground balls now than Keuchel was getting when Keuchel won the Cy Young, and Alex Wood is seven and zero with a one ninety ERA, seventy two strikeouts in sixty one and two thirds, point nine two WHIP. I mean, is <laughs> this is incredible what he's doing? Is he is he this good? I don't think he's this good, but he's must start. Yeah, I'll say I'm not feeling great about my. Hanley Ramirez and Justin Verlander for Ryan Zimmerman and Alex Wood trade. Who would you rather own, Verlander or Wood? I would still rather have Verlander, but I'm definitely not feeling as strong about it as I did three weeks ago when I pulled the trade off. I'm Mr. Anti-Verlander, I think, and I would still rather have him than Wood. Yeah, but, but it, Wood's impressive. They're, they're going to be within 10 spots in my rankings. All right, most important bullpen development. I'll start. I'll go with Andrew Miller, guys. Andrew Miller. So what happened? Cody Allen asked Terry Francona to make Miller the closer to ease Miller's workload. That That is what I, I saw. I did not think, and maybe I, I'm going to, Chris is doing the searching, and he's he's a millennial, so he's probably faster at finding it than I am. But I thought this was like a one-time thing. I didn't think it was like. It's temporary. Make, it's okay. This is this is what I saw online. I don't remember where. I'm sorry. The apparently the Indians play-by-play announcer said that Cody Allen asked Terry Francona to make Andrew Miller the closer or to give him the ninth inning duties temporarily to ease Miller's workload. This is some game of telephone. You're telling us what the internet told you yeah. that the broadcaster yeah. said about what Cody Allen told the manager. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I like yes. I see that, and I haven't seen much else regarding that so i maybe like i guess if you've got a roster spot to spare go at andrew miller just on the off chance i thought you were good at like twitter searching and google searching what come on chris 
I am good at it. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you is that I'm not seeing anything else. I'm seeing the one uh, report. Anything else out of the bullpen then? Look, if he, if Miller's available, and yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying drop Cody Allen for him, but it's worth monitoring. Anything else out of the bullpen, guys? Big stuff? Uh, Sean Doolittle. Yes. Got his third save on Sunday. Team Creeth, maybe now the worst team in the For the People League. No, I'm you're not, still slight, slightly better than us, but I wouldn't. Uh, but we're trending in the right direction. Yeah, we're not. trending in the wrong direction for sure. Um, I don't know once Casilla comes back if there's much chance that Doolittle's just the closer, but he's getting saves right now, and I think he'll be in the mix. He's been really good this year. Oh, he's been great. He's one walk to 18 strikeouts for Sean Doolittle, uh, and, and that's an 11 and two-thirds. And personally, I think if he's not a closing now for the A's— uh, if he's not Happy closing, birthday, buddy. thank you, thank you. I know you need. We just uh, that was Jamie Eisenberg screaming in, in to yell "Happy birthday" to you. Thank you. I was going to say that I even got an email from NBA.com telling me "Happy birthday" and you guys. Wow, the NBA loves you, and you don't love the NBA. <laughs> well, anyway, what I was saying was, if Sean Doolittle's not closing for the A's, he could be closing for someone else later. Yeah. Like he could go to the Nationals or Santiago Casilla could get shipped somewhere. I because I picked up Doolittle for a dollar in a roto league. I think there's reason to stash this guy. Agreed? Yeah. Alright, cool. Sure. Heath, uh, Chris, you want to talk about maybe Mark Melanson? Yeah. God, they're so bad. Just no. The, I don't understand anything with the Giants really. Um, I don't understand how they're this bad. I don't understand. I mean, Melanson's had two bad outings. But he hadn't pitched in nine days yeah. before the last one. <laughs> what a it's week! Just like I don't, I don't. That's just like that's ridiculous for for a reliever to go nine days without throwing. I feel like that explains why he might have been bad. Uh, what was that Sunday more than anything else? Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get a move on it. Talk about the news. Talk about some pitchers who are returning soon. Ads and drops. Try to get an update on two-star pitchers because I'm very disappointed. One of my guys is no longer listed as a two-star pitcher. Uh, but quick editorial league update: twenty-two and San Juan O, baby, twenty-two and O, still rolling. Heath, you had your this, chance to knock me off, but this is dumb. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We crushed it this week. Okay. At this point, we're all cheering for them to go into the playoffs undefeated and lose in the first round, right? Well, I'll have a bye, so, you know. Well, the first round you're eligible for, Adam. Yeah, it's going to happen, I'm sure. But I, you know what? Would you rather have, like, a normal season and a championship or an undefeated regular season and then lose in the playoffs? Normal season and a championship every time. Well, it depends. In some of our leagues, there are quite most, in fact, almost all of our fantasy baseball leagues, there is no reward for winning the championship at all. True. And there in, isn't that one. In this, this is one of the only ones where there is. So the championship, absolutely. Like, there's, there's no reward for finishing the regular season undefeated, right? No, but I mean, if, if I go undefeated, if we go, sorry, Jamie, if we go undefeated and beat two teams a week, like, if it's a shorter regular season, it's like 18 weeks. So, like, 36 and 0? That's incredible. It would be. But then if you lose in the, your first playoff game, it doesn't really matter. I guess we'd be like the Warriors last year. Right? 70, 73 wins and nothing to show for it. Yeah, sure. You, you would have to blow a 3-1 series lead. Yeah, okay. Now, Victor Martinez is on the DL with an irregular heartbeat. 
which is, you know, very scary, but at least he's out of the hospital, uh, hopefully making his way back. In the meantime, that is getting Alex Avila more at-bats in the two-hole. Uh, Miguel Cabrera has been dealing with back, groin, oblique, and hip issues, yet he's hitting very well right now. But l- let me just ask you, you see all these injuries that Miguel Cabrera is dealing with. Would you not, would you be hesitant to make a trade for Miguel Cabrera? Yes. I don't know. Because he's hitting too well to buy him cheap. That's true. Like, it is, I, I don't know how you could trade for him. You're going to give up a top 25 player for a guy that hurts basically everywhere. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I feel like Miguel Cabrera's at that point in his career though, where he probably just hurts everywhere. Miguel Cabrera's a dad. Heath, you're probably sore in all those same places, right? I hiked like 14 miles over the last week and I am not sore anywhere. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Hendricks could be out until after the All-Star break with a strained tendon in his finger. Mike, Mike Montgomery is going to stay in the rotation. And Montgomery has pretty decent matchups this week, if I recall. Let's take a look. He's got the Padres and the Marlins on the road. Now, the Marlins are hitting. But the Padres at home and the Marlins on the road, maybe Mike Montgomery not so bad this week, 34% owned. Yeah, the the Marlins do hit lefties pretty well. Um, so that'd be a concern. But you know, we see every week there's one season best start against the Padres every week, it seems like. Yeah. So he's not a bad two-start option. All right, that's Mike Montgomery. Matt Shoemaker won't make his next start. The Rays traded cash for Trevor Plouffe. Andrew Castor is on the DL with an oblique strain. Aaron Hicks has missed three straight games, and they are off today, so you won't know if he's back in the lineup. Glaber Torres is on the minor league DL with a hyperextended elbow. Dustin Pedroia's day-to-day after being hit by a pitch in the rib cage. It does not seem serious. The Tigers sent Buck Farmer to AAA, and here's your autocorrect of the day. Animal Sanchez will be called up. I think we've had that one before. But Anibal Sanchez joining the rotation again. A.J. Pollock's going to be – oh, he began a rehab assignment yesterday. And Ubaldo Jimenez autocorrected to I also Jimenez, and I also Jimenez will likely stay in the Orioles rotation after a good start yesterday. Also, just – no other options. Their yeah. rotation's a disaster. Some pitchers who are returning, guys. Returning soon. Lance McCullers could pitch this week. It's a little risky to start him, but he'd be at Seattle if uh, if he does start this week. Hopefully you're in a daily league with McCullers. Carlos Rodon could be back in a couple of weeks. Felix Hernandez and Hisashi Iwakuma are going to start this weekend against the Astros. Would you consider starting either Felix or Iwakuma? Nope. Nope. All righty. Cole Hamels could be back next week. Brandon Finnegan made a rehab start, and we're looking at maybe the next two to three weeks for Trevor Cahill to come back. Any interesting ad drops for you fellas over the weekend? Um, we I added Wilmer Flores in a couple of leagues, hoping that he'll play pretty regularly. He's mostly known as a lefty masher, but I think he's just a pretty good hitter all around. Doesn't strike out much, hits for decent power, and he's going to be in the lineup every day. He's eligible at three different positions. I added Francis Martes in the head-to-head auction league where I have the best lineup ever assembled, but uh, really, really bad pitching. So hoping that he can uh, maybe throw strikes a little bit. Hey, Chris, you want to get excited about Wilmer Flores? Sure. Five lefties on the schedule this week. Five. That's fantastic. You want to get less excited? Sure. Their names are Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Alex Wood. Then yeah. it get, then it gets a little better. Rich Hill, Ty Blach, and Matt Moore. Oh yeah, he's got, he's got Rich Hill on the schedule. He's gonna hit at least three home runs this week. 
Guys, are we sitting Michael Conforto with five lefties on the schedule? Uh, is his back okay? Yes, he's back. Yeah, I'm still starting him. Okay. Yeah, I've been starting Conforto, but I'm getting a lot of emails, a lot of tweets about Conforto. He's been cold for a while. I think he's still, you know, getting on base, doing enough to be okay. But, uh, yeah, I understand. And there's five lefties, one of them Kershaw. It's a little scary. I'd probably try to sit him. Heath, any, anything else? Chris, anything else? Um, I dropped Mike, I dropped Josh Bell for Mike Napoli. I added Sean Doolittle. I added Cameron Mabin in a three outfield Roto League. Now the, the Rays have some of the, or the Angels rather have some of the worst matchups this week, so I'm not sure if I'm starting him. Uh, you can look at Scott's column for the best sleeper hitters. You'll see the best and worst matchups. Uh, they have, I don't know that they're so bad. I don't think they're so bad. Um, okay, so I, I was out of town, and I tried to catch up on as much as possible, but what happened to Josh Bell? Nothing. He's just I, – I'd rather have Napoli. Uh, He's a jag. He's yeah, batting like 238. I, I'd rather have Josh Bell. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's not really a big difference for me. Because he's been really good in June, right? I don't think so. Am I crazy? Chris, you want to look that up? I, I got you. Thank you. All right, I have got I've got it right here, and uh, yeah, I mean he's been better than what I would expect from Napoli. Three seventy-seven on base, five sixty-six slug, walking thirteen percent of the time. Okay, I feel like it was mostly like one week. I'm not sure. Oh, well, okay. we're only two weeks into June, so. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I made a mistake. I, I don't think I did, but. Fair enough. Roster trends. I, just, really I don't think you're going to miss either of those guys. You'll probably drop Napoli before long, too. It's possible. What I'm actually hoping for is that Napoli's good and I can trade like Jake Lamb for a frontline starting pitcher, but I don't want to lose too much at corner infield. Now, most out of this, Jacob Faria, 71, 72% owned. Derek Fisher, he's been playing regularly and he's now 41% owned. Derek Fisher. Uh, okay, if you saw Napoli out there and you saw Fisher out there, who would you pick up? Fisher. Fisher, for sure. Francis Martez is two starts this week. Heath mentioned he picked him up. He's number three on the most added list, Francis Martez, at Oakland and at Seattle. By the way, Oakland's very good at home. Are you guys aware of this? Very good offensively at home? I don't know. They put it on the Yankees this weekend, that's for sure. Well, everybody's done that, haven't they? <laughs> Since when was the last time down. the Yankees won? I, I think I was on the podcast that day. Monday. <laughs> okay. Uh, Oakland is 22 and 13 at home. That's wow. one of the worst teams in baseball. So they've won That's like four games on the road all year. Nine and 25 on the road. We've got also on the most added list, we have Jordan Zimmerman. Now this is a guy that I thought was a two-star pitcher, but I'm not sure anymore. Uh, we have he, to play. Well, it sucks because I was going to start Jordan Zimmerman over Tanaka. With two starts, because one of them was going to be against San Diego, but I'm not sure he has a San Diego start. You have to look into that. I don't know definitively. And Martez, he might only make one start. If McCullers is ready to come back, you would expect Martez would be the first guy out. Unless his first start just goes really well. They have right, yeah, they've got they've got multiple guys (laughs) that they can get rid of if uh, if not him. I think they also have the best starter ERA in baseball. Uh, That wouldn't surprise me. What's that? Well, because of Keiko and McCullers is. I mean, their worst. I think their worst pitcher, starting pitcher, has like a four-five ERA. So right. it's not. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Mike Fires then. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> I doubt you guys are going to be buying into Mike Fires, but he's forty-four percent owned, and in his last four starts, Fires is three and zero with a one seventy-eight ERA, 
Eight walks, 24 strikeouts, and 25 and a third. Opponents are slugging. Slugging 245 in this three-start stretch, a uh, four-start stretch. He had some good uh, good stretches last year, a couple of good four-start stretches, but they were not this good. Can you buy anything here with Mike Fires? I saw some kind of explanation recently that his curveball has been especially good lately, and that explains it. I We have such a long track record of Mike Fires not being any good that it's just it's hard to buy into stretches like this. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Jason Hamill, Francisco Liriano, Jordan Zimmerman, Mike Montgomery, Zimmerman, Liriano, Hamill, Montgomery, they're all on the most added list. Do these guys strike you as anything more than just matchups guys? Nope. Liriano could be, but he for him matchups don't matter. It's just whether he's on that day or not. Yeah. Liriano's at Texas and at Kansas City. And Jason Hamill, see, this is a risky week for Jason Hamill. Boston at home and Toronto at home. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him. Okay, back to the most added list. Matt Adams. Matt Adams or uh, Mike Napoli. Why not? Uh, Adams. Yeah, Adams pretty easily for me. I'll probably just keep whoever's on my roster already. Mike Adams or Trey Mancini. Is Trey Mancini eligible anywhere but first base? And outfield. That might be enough to tip it his way. How about Mike Zanino, guys? 44% owned. Who would you drop for Mike Zanino? Would you drop Russell Martin? Would you drop Evan Gaddis? Would you drop Yadier Molina? Molina and Martin, I would. Gaddis, I don't think so. I also don't expect. uh, And you you guys know, I, I... I love me some Mike Zanino, but I wouldn't expect this to continue. Okay. I mean, it is possible that this little stint to the minors change things. They keep talking about all the adjustments Zanino's made with his swing. Yeah, he's got a 486 Babbitt since coming back from the minors, though. He's still striking out, I think, 30 I thought it was right at 33 40% of the time since coming back from the minors. Wow. Okay, and there's one other very interesting player on the – there are many, but uh, we'll talk about a lot of these guys. So I'll talk about two. Zach Davies – no, not Zach. Zach Godley, that guy. 66% owned. He pitched this weekend. He pitched pretty well. Bad news, Zach Godley owners. Because Patrick Corbin is being moved around in the rotation, Zach Godley gets the Rockies at Coors Field instead of the Phillies at home. So <laughs> you can own Zach Godley. He'll probably be a two-star pitcher in Week 13. But this week, you probably want to sit a 66% owned Zach Godley at Colorado. How about Tyson Ross, guys? 41% owned. He needs to be much higher on the now. What do you mean no? <laughs> I I know Tyson Ross has been very good in the past. Right. Uh, and his results on Friday were pretty good. It was but, his first start in like a year and a half. Yeah. And he is coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome, his fastball velocity was down more than two miles per hour he had five swing strikes i just don't think we saw anything from him in that outing that makes me think he needs to be more highly owned than that especially maybe it's not fair to put matt harvey's sins on tyson ross but, but that's that's the prime example we held on to matt harvey for three months thinking one day one day yeah. you weren't even dropping him but you let's trade him let's yeah. learn our lesson then but but i think ross had a lot more time off than harvey right a lot yes. more. Yeah, so the Mets are stupid. And and Ross, <laughs> he did yeah. walk three and five and two-thirds. He's a He's got walk issues. Like 2000, sure. Here's what Tyson Ross was for three years with San Diego. 307 ERA, 
Three and a half walks per nine, 9.2 Ks per nine, 1.23 whip, but still really good ERA. And I, I do wonder, the ballpark change is obviously going to hurt him. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Like, well, I can see but both he's sides. A, he's of the a ground ball here. pitcher too, right? Mm hmm. But still, I mean, I, I feel like he was better at, at Petco. All right. It's a fair point. Ground ball pitcher. I just think Tyson Ross at 92 miles an hour is a lot different than Tyson Ross at 89. Sometimes guys need a little time to build their arm strength though. We've seen that. Which Ross brother would you rather own, Tyson or Joe? Joe. Joe. Well, that's the most added list. All right, it's time to tell you about SeatGeek now. You know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated. There's a better, there's a simpler way, the way that I use every time I need tickets to a game, to a concert, to theater, to a comedy show. It's SeatGeek. You get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase with our promo code FANTASY. So download that app, save 20 bucks, use the promo code Fantasy. With SeatGeek, you're always just two taps away from buying and selling tickets. It's such an easy app to use. It saves you time. It saves you money. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites to find you the best deals. It does the price comparison for you. That's what you want to do. You want to search this site, that site, five different sites to find which one will give you the best deal. But that takes time. It's annoying. There's a better, simpler way. Use SeatGeek to do it. You're always going to get the most bang for your buck. All you got to do is go to one spot, SeatGeek, the app or the website, and SeatGeek does the rest for you. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and use that promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Studs being duds. Let's talk about these starting pitchers. We've talked about James Paxton. I'm going to give you some other studs. You tell me who you're worried about. Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta's had a lot of excuses. A cut on his finger. He was yep. sweating too much over the weekend because it was really hot and he couldn't grip the baseball. So he's been struggling. David Price does not have his command. was watching a little bit of the game yesterday, and Aaron Boone said that uh, Price just doesn't have the pinpoint command we're used to seeing. The velocity's still great, but he's been struggling a little bit. Rick Porcello, I mean, people are really – they've had enough of Porcello. He's got a 505 ERA. John Farrell says Porcello's pitching way up, too much up in the zone, throwing way too much up in the zone. Um, Michael Fulmer has just been kind of bleh. And um, Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, he's, wow, 21 home runs allowed. And let me tell you something. Porcello's been up in the zone too much. Tanaka's never up in the zone. Everything is low. It's ridiculous. Like You can't pitch like that. Even I know that. I know that. You've got to change the eye level, Masahiro Tanaka. I can fix, I can fix Masahiro Tanaka. All you got to do is throw up in the zone just a little bit, and he won't do it. Won't can, I just, to me. can I tell you that? Tanaka has been the worst of these. He might, he might have the worst ERA in baseball now. And I think I'm probably least worried about him out of this group. Uh, like out because of price? you expect him to be, but you're not saying you expect him to be better than Arietta or Price. No. Okay. But in terms of getting to his baseline again, when it when it comes to an issue like he's just giving up too many home runs, but it's not like he's giving up too many fly balls overall. That to me just, it's just a couple of pitches every, every start. Mm-hmm. Like this most recent one, he struck out 10 in four innings. Yeah, but they're the A's. I mean, he struck out 13 A's a few weeks ago and he certainly was not back. He, but his, but his only issue when you look at his numbers is 25% home run to fly ball ratio, 2.5 home runs per nine. Now that's a really big issue. Home runs are a very, very, very bad thing to give up. Yeah. But it's, it looks like it's just like three or four bad pitches per start, and if he just 
can get rid of the the handful of mistakes. You know, the swing strike rate's still there. The strikeouts are still there. The walk rate's a little up, but it's not. It's still very good. But, yeah, that, that's I guess the only area I would kind of disagree is that his his walks are not a problem for most pitchers. But when you talk about getting back to his baseline, he's a career 1.6 walk per nine yep. guy. That's a 2.4, 2.5. So that's something else that the command is just not quite there. And one of the reasons he's giving up a lot of home runs is he's giving up 35% hard contact. Yeah, he's getting close. Batters are hitting the ball hard. Yeah, this is Tanaka we're talking about. Tanaka has Texas at home this week. I, there's no way. I can't start him. No way. No, probably not against Texas. And Porcello is an interesting case because if he's pitching too much up in the zone, that's a concern. But he needs to just find the right balance because a part of what made him take a big step forward as a strikeout pitcher over the last couple of years and which, you know, really did let him find that Cy Young form was throwing more high four seam fastballs to up that whiff rate. And maybe he's going too far in that end, but you know, he can't abandon it entirely because it is what helped him be successful last season. I just, I don't, I don't know that Rick Porcello is that far from what his baseline is. He's got a career 396 FIP. He's got a 416 FIP this year. He's not walking anybody. He's had some bad, batted ball luck for sure. But I, I never expected him to be a 3-1 ERA guy anyway. Yeah. He's, he's a mid to high 3 ERA pitcher. All right. So let me just. Do this quick. We'll do starter sit for this week, and we'll do would you buy low on. So let's start with starter sit. Jake Arrieta at Miami. Uh, I would start him. Start. David Price against the Angels at home. Start. start. Rick Porcello against the Angels at home. Start. Uh, uh, we're, I think we're sitting. I think Scam sitting him. I if that one he's on the borderline. It would depend on if I had if I just picked up Faria, I would start Faria over him. Por- Porcello. Yeah. All right, uh, Michael Fulmer at San Diego. Yeah. Start for sure. Start for sure. And Tanaka sit against Texas at home? I'm sitting, I guess. All right, who from this list would you want to buy low, or who from this list would you not want to buy low on? Arietta, Price, Porcello, Fulmer, Tanaka? Probably not Porcello. I don't know that Fulmer's struggles have been enough to where somebody's willing to sell low on him, so not Fulmer. I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I think part of it's the, uh, the shoulder issue that he had yeah. last week. Um, I would buy low on Rick Porcello in the, like, I'm assuming that the guy who has him on his team might be close to dropping him. And I think he's going to be a perfectly useful pitcher for the rest of the season. Now, I, Team Scam has Rick Porcello. Let's do it right now. Let's we work out picked a trade. up Sean Newcomb. I would rather have Porcello. Half of Team Scam is the biggest Braves fan in yeah, South let's Florida. Yeah, let's do it. Adam, <laughs> Sean Newcomb for Rick Porcello nah, right now. No, nah, can't do it. Pull the trigger. Nah. Nah, I really think there's a chance Newcomb is is dropped very quickly. Yeah, we need to, we need to get a, uh, Scott on the phone. We'll, we will get Scott on the line and uh, work this deal out. Now, uh, Arietta, I do think, is someone I'm not willing to pay as much as I would have, you know, three weeks ago. Because I look, look, the velocity's been an issue. It's at points this year. He's had a cut on his finger, like I said. He's had he's had enough excuses that seem like okay, maybe it's just bad luck gripping the baseball because of sweat, cut on the finger. Like maybe you can just chalk it up. But I don't know. He just really hasn't pitched that well. Uh, and right now, Arias got a 4.64 ERA. Like 
I just, I'm worried about maybe this is the World Series thing where this happens. Some a lot of pitchers struggle the year after they go into the go to the World Series. And and what what you're saying right now, the whole. Yeah, oh, he's got all these excuses. I feel like what we're going to see next is like the, oh, he looked, the manager is going to say, oh, he looked like himself. He's just not executing. He's just, the the results are there, but that's the best he's looked all season. We're going to get one of those next. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that there is no less reliable quote from a manager than Joe Madden's quotes. He is an eternal optimist. I'm serious. Everything's always great with him. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get honesty, which is fine. It's not a criticism. But for fantasy purposes, I don't really care what Joe Madden has to say. But I also – I still can't bring myself to drop Ariad outside of my top ten. Like, I've got him tenth in both head-to-head and Roto. Yeah, he's a top ten pitcher. All right. Fine. Maybe that's more of a statement about the top ten. <clears throat> right. Number 11 is James Paxton. I can't really justify moving James Paxton above him right now, can I? I guess not. Well, why don't you put Pineda ahead of him? <laughs> All right. More from the weekend. I have so many hitters here that excelled this weekend. Here, here are the double dongers. Lorenzo Cain, he's been on a tear. Mike Napoli. The thing that I want to talk about with Mike Napoli is that Delano De Shields is a big loser here because, look, De Shields, he does one thing that you really like. He steals bases. And I need him to steal bases in one league. He's not playing right now. He's losing playing time because they're fully healthy. Carlos Gomez is back. Joey Gallo's still in the lineup. Beltre, Napoli, that's tying up their DH. Hey, is there, it's time to get, give up this line of the Shields. No, thing. look, it's just for steals. Like, I need the steals. It, he's, he steals bases. He's got like 16 or something. That, you yeah. need to make a trade. I guess so. I probably do. Who's got Billy Hamilton in the Roto League, in the auction Me. league? All right, what Longest do you need? steal a streak of his career, I believe. Yes. Billy Hamilton. He stole one yesterday. Okay, so he had 13 before that without a steal. Yeah. By the way, who has the who has the longest hitting streak in baseball? Active hitting streak. Oh, it's someone with like 15 games, right? Yeah, Didi's just ended, so now it is. Is it Ryan Healy or something like that? Tommy Joseph. Oh, uh, okay. Who's not even good enough to make the notes because Lorenzo Cain, Mike Napoli, Ryan Healy, Jose Ramirez, Yasiel Puig, Jonathan Scope, Lonnie Chisenhall, Jan Hervis Salarte, Stephen Piscotti, Logan Morrison, and Xander Bogarts all went double dong over the weekend. Uh, good explanation for the Lorenzo Cain double dong and the Royals hot streak. Apparently, uh, Peter Moylan, sidearm reliever for the Royals now, is a uh, espresso aficionado, <laughs> and he owns a cafe in his home country. Oh, are they on the Matthew Delvadova workout plan? And he bought an espresso espresso machine, and right before Whit Merrifield went on his 19-game hitting streak, he decided to try it. Alice Gordon had been awful all year. He finally drank it because Gordon doesn't drink coffee because he's a health nut. He drank it. He started hitting. Lorenzo Cain tried it for the first time and double-donked. Wow. The team liked it so much, they now have one that they take with them on the road to opposing clubhouses so Moylan can make everyone wow. an espresso before the game. Wow. So, Joe Madden-esque. There are performance-enhancing drugs going, in Kansas City, coursing yes. through the Kansas City Royals clubhouse. And it's working. They've been on fire. Well, I'll tell you one that actually does have an interesting explanation, and I think given the hitting landscape— What, that was an, what do you mean, actually does have an interesting— <laughs> That was a pretty damn that was, interesting That was interesting. It was. Me. Useful, sorry, useful uh, explanation. And I think, you know, at this point, he's a, he's a deep league guy because uh, it's just the way hitters are. But Jan Hervis Solarte, so this is actually sad, tough to talk about, but, uh, you know, his, his wife died of cancer last year, and his— 
his three daughters just finished school, and now they are out with him. I'm not quite sure where they were before, but this was this was his manager talking about how Solarte, he said, it's not a surprise that his daughters just finished school. They're with Solarte now, and he is hitting a little bit better. So it's been a pretty bad year for Solarte, and maybe this sort of good news in his personal life is helping him out. Again, deep league guy, but it's good to, it was nice to see. It was a good Father's Day for him. He had a good day, uh, <clears throat> he had a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah, over Solarte. I, um, I do want to bring up, uh, Ryan Healy needs more respect. I think we're 140 games into his major league career. He's a 295 hitter with 30 home runs. Um, I, it's hard to move him into the top 15 at third base, but he is a, uh, a must start in corner infield leagues at the very least. Do you have him ahead of Travis Shaw? I have him a couple of spots behind Travis Shaw. All right. That's Ryan Healy, who they're lobbying to get Ryan Healy on the all-star team. There's just, there's so many third basemen. Yeah. The problem. Third, third like, and first base. It's, it's hard to, to really stand out there. Well, but you could, who's the good, who are the good first basemen in the American league? In the American League, well, yeah. Eric Hosmer. Who's your three, yeah, right. Who's your starting first baseman on the All Star team in the American League? Um, I would assume it will be Miguel Cabrera. I think it will be, but I'm saying who who should it be? Uh, Jose Abreu is having a very good season, right? Yeah, sure. He's probably like maybe a top maybe a top ten. Uh, he's having a Jose Abreu season. First baseman, in, in, like they're all in the NL. Another another month yeah. of this, and it'll be Edwin Encarnacion. Well, right? yeah, Edwin Encarnacion is, is absolutely killing it. We saw it last weekend. He started to come out of it. He's kept it going. Edwin Encarnacion is destroying it right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at my first base rankings, and, uh yeah, most of it's NL, which is really weird because you would think with DH you would have more opportunities for bad hitting or good hitting, bad fielding first baseman to make us make an impact. All right, uh, Justin Bohr came back and homered off a lefty on Friday. He sat against the lefty on Saturday. I don't know that that's going to be a normal thing, but Tyler Moore has been hitting pretty well. But uh, I think it was just day off after coming off the DL. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger hit, hit 19 home runs in his first 49 games. That ties Gary Sanchez's MLB record. First 49 games, 19 home runs. They both did it. Sanchez last year, Bellinger this year. Trey Turner stole four bases in one game. That was yesterday. He's he's getting close to Billy Hamilton. Angelton Simmons stole two bases against the Royals on Sunday. That's pretty cool. Kendris Morales has homered three times in his last four games. Eric Young Jr. has sat two of the last three games. The the Eric Young Jr. watch could be off. What is it with you, with, <laughs> with these guys? That's more of a joke. But like, if you need steals, there aren't that many guys who are doing it. I'm sorry. Sorry to say. It's okay. Look at who's hitting home runs and who's stealing. It just doesn't Apology happen. accepted. Ian Happ is 55% owned. He's homered three times in his last five games and encouraging only one strikeout in his last four games. Of course, that was after a four-strikeout game, but uh, we'll see how that trends for Ian Happ. And Nolan Arenado hit for the cycle. Here are some pitchers with easy matchups this week. Michael Fulmer against San Diego. Sean Newcomb against San Francisco. Seth Lugo is at San Francisco. Michael Waka has been terrible, but he's got the Phillies. I'm still not sure I'm, I'm starting Michael Waka. What do you guys think? Is it at home? Yeah. I probably will. And Jordan Montgomery has the Angels. I'm not sure if Montgomery's a two-star pitcher. I, he definitely, you're starting him if he is, but if not, you could start Jordan Montgomery in a, in a one-star. I think I'd start week. all of those guys. Uh, yeah. The only one I would consider sitting Mike? is, is Waka. 
Jordan Montgomery is not a two-star pitcher. Mike Montgomery is. Okay. Jordan Montgomery home against the Angels. That might work for the terrible Yankees. Uh, there's something brewing, guys, in that pitching staff. Talk to me about Jimmy Nelson and Chase Anderson. These guys have been awesome. They they have been studs, no doubt. Yeah, Jimmy Nelson has added a little bit to his velocity. Um, not much. It's within a mile per hour on his average fastball, but given that most pitchers lose velocity as they age, I think it's a it's a pretty good sign. He's throwing his changeup a little bit more, but he's just He's pitching really well. Uh, swing strike rates up to career high 10.5%. I like what Jimmy Nelson's doing right now a lot. I moved him up in my rankings, and uh, I might have to do it again. Do you feel that way about Chase Anderson? I've definitely moved Chase Anderson up in my rankings, just not as far as I've moved Jimmy Nelson up. Yeah. And, like, I don't, I don't think there's any much chance that he's going to end up in the top 30, 35 starting pitchers, but I, I like Nelson in that 40 to 50 range. This was a phenomenal start against the Padres. It's also the Padres, yeah. and his last two starts have been a little bit more Jimmy Nelson-ish. All right, rank these four pitchers. Jimmy Nelson, Chase Anderson, Jacob Faria, and Lance Lynn. So Faria, Anderson, Nelson, and Lynn is the group? Yeah. I'll go Faria, Nelson... Anderson Lynn? Yeah, I think uh we're gonna be way off on this. Um I'll go Faria, Nelson, Lynn, Anderson. It's not that far. Guess who the uh, guess I don't know if I can put Nelson over Lynn. Guess who the most owned player in that group is? Lynn. Oh yeah. Big I'd ten. probably put Lynn second. Five straight starts five straight starts pitching less than six innings for Lance Lynn, so he's in a bit of a funk. Uh all Man, right. He's got a five three oh FIP. <sighs> So I'm trying to skip around here and see what to get to, because there's a lot. Well, I'm glad we're saving some time. Tyler Chatwood has a 241 ERA on the road. Would you start him at the Dodgers this week? Yep. Sure. Even the Dodgers? I mean, the Dodgers are good. Yep, I would. What do you think about Mike Fultonevich, 55% owned? Uh, I think he's still Mike Fultonevich. He has some damn good starts, but also he some does. dreadful he ones. He does. And then as soon as you start him, he goes three and two-thirds yep. and gives up seven runs. Yep. <laughs> it's true. So I, he's one of those borderline guys that I, I will probably start against a good matchup, but I'm not, he's not going to occupy a spot on a roster his, if his matchup sucks. His not good strikeout game log is phenomenal. Four, zero, four, ten, four, five, one, four, four, six. This is a guy who throws a hundred miles an hour. But a lot of those starts might be like four innings, so. <laughs> yeah. He's in some Volkos. How about Alex Meyer? Alex Meyer had a great start. Now I've, I've, uh, I watched Meyer earlier in the week. He was bad against the Yankees, but he was great against the Royals. Six scoreless innings, two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. It's just a matter of command with him. But, yeah, I, yeah, I like his upside a lot. I, I think there's a better chance that Meyer turns into somebody you're rostering the rest of the year than Fulton Evich. Oh yeah. Yeah, he does have a lot of upside. Myers 34% owned. He's he's like six foot nine, so it takes those guys a while to get their mechanics right and to get their control right. I just hope it can happen this year for for Meyer. But if you're looking for someone to stash, even start maybe, Alex Myers, a name we've been telling you about. I still think Luis Perdomo is very underowned at 14%. I just feel like pitchers who are owned in 14% of leagues are are bad. 
And he's got a quality start in eight of his last ten starts. I think he's not bad. Like, he's not going to strike that many batters out, but he's about average. His walk rate's about average, and he's an elite ground ball pitcher. I think Luis Perdomo has a chance to run a sub-4 ERA for the rest of the season. Anything else, guys, of these starting pitchers, anybody that you look at you see is maybe under-owned, over-owned, needs to be discussed? Uh, the big news from when I was gone, we had our first uh, starting pitcher get to double-digit victories very early <laughs> in the year. I don't even know who. who. And, of course, you think about starting pitchers getting double-digit victories. You think someone on a really good team, a really good pitcher with a strong track record. Let's maybe you think guess. Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. Jason it, oh, it's Jason Vargas. Oh, yeah. of course. Did he drink the, the espresso, Heath? Of course. Oh, okay. Jason Vargas in his 466 XFIP. Alright, how, how does Jimmy, mm-hmm. how does Jason Vargas, uh, rate with Jimmy Nelson and Chase Anderson, Faria, those guys? Right in the same range as Nelson for me. Well below Nelson for me. What about Chase Anderson, Heath, or Chris? Below Chase Anderson as well. Below Chase Anderson? Yeah. There's an explanation for Chase Anderson. His fastball velocity is up two miles per hour. We've been looking at Jason Vargas throughout this entire season saying he's not doing anything at all differently. His strikeout rate is seven per nine. His walk rate, two per nine. Walk rate's pretty good. Five ball rate, ground ball rate, 36%. Pitches at Kauffman Stadium. So we're, we're supposed to believe that you don't believe this either. I I I don't believe that, I don't believe Jason Vargas is a top 30 starting pitcher. I don't believe he should be leading baseball in wins. It's fun. But I don't have to rank him in the top 45 or 50 starting pitchers to put him ahead of Chase Anderson. Yeah, I, I mean, we're not, we're not comparing the guy to Zach Grinky. Yeah, I, ugh, I see no, re- I, I would, if I could trade him and get anything of value back, I would do it right now. Okay. Any Romero got a save for the Nationals this weekend. It was a, it was a five out save. Who the heck knows yep. what they're going to do. Well said. Hopefully, Coda Glover will come back soon. And I think I'm uh, going to read some emails here at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This is from Brian. Grade the trade. Give up David Price and Michael Conforto. Ooh, David Price and Michael Conforto for J.D. Martinez. Uh, I think that's a D. C minus. I really like JD Martinez. I have him in my top 10 outfielders, but I don't have Michael Conforto that far behind him. I definitely don't have him David Price behind him. No, it's, it's a loss. I, I don't know if it's quite as much of a loss or if I agree it's quite as much of a loss as Chris does, but it, it's a C minus for me. Here's Reggie and Charlotte, our good buddy Reggie. Rank these five starting pitchers rest of season in a points league. Nola Hendricks says Gray. I don't know which one. Liriano and Lackey. Nola Why Hendricks. don't we just rank both Sonny and John Gray? <sighs> Fine, I, just renegade. Um, I would go John Gray, Sonny Gray, Aaron Nola, John Lackey, Kyle Hendricks, Francisco Liriano. Yeah, I'm just going. See, I actually have ranked all of these starting pitchers rest of season and all the other starting pitchers. So I'm just going to go to my rankings on CBSSports.com. And, and then control F each player's name. Why don't you just answer the question, Heath? And well, I was just trying to offer some help because it's possible that Reggie will have some other questions about how we rank players rest of season. And he can go to CBSSports.com and go to fantasy nobody, baseball and rankings. Nobody promotes nobody promotes the website like Heath Cummings. Um, 
I think I would still put Hendrix number one. And yeah. then I would go Lackey, Nola, Gray, Liriano. Hmm, okay. Here's an email from, what's your name, sir? From Brandon. Brandon. Thank you. Dear Pablo, Salvador, and Vincent. I have no idea. Those are painters. Oh. Right? Dolly, Van Gogh, and Picasso? Yeah. Someone dropped Conforto in my 10-team head-to-head categories league. It's an OBP league. Should I drop Malik Smith, Scott Shebler, or Carlos Gonzalez? I have Pollock coming back. Should I drop Malik Smith, Shebler, or Cargo for Conforto? Malik. Yeah, you want the steals from Malik Smith, but the gap between those three guys is just too big. Here's one from Matt. 14-team head-to-head categories league. He has Faria, Ariel Miranda, Sean Newcomb, Porcello, Vargas, Chatwood, J.C. Ramirez. Not loving his pitching. Do I take a look at a two-start Mike Montgomery this week? Yeah, I'd be fine with dropping J.C. Ramirez for yeah. Montgomery. This is from Andrew. In a points league, would I would you drop Senwan O for Rob, Roberto Ozuna and Brandon Belt for Trey Mancini? Definitely dropping O for Ozuna. Yep. And... Belt for Mancini, yeah, that's probably okay. I, Belt's not having a very good season. I still like his peripherals, but AT&T Park sucks. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather start Mancini this week, and with players of that level, I think Belt is better than Mike Napoli, but he's still in that same category that you're probably not going to miss him. And this final email is from Henry. After this email, we'll go through today's matchups quickly. Tell you who to start and sit. Listening to Friday's pod right now, Adam just complained that the three true outcomes. Uh, that three true outcome hitters were making baseball boring. I kind of agree. But I then realized that Adam in the past few months has said NBA isn't fun anymore, poor competitive balance balance and too many threes, and MLB has too many guys striking out or hitting home runs, and baseball is boring. I didn't say baseball is boring. Well, I kind of said baseball is boring. Um, I don't listen to the NFL podcast, but I can't imagine Adam is a huge fan of the sloppy play and poor quarterbacking in the NFL at the moment. There's been a lot of coverage of how the NFL CBA incentivizes playing rookies, and it leads to poor on-the-field product. I don't know that I agree with that either, but this leads me to my questions. Does Adam like where the NFL is right now? If he thinks the NFL is getting crappier like I do, then he has put himself in a place where he is unhappy with all major sports. Two, is Adam too cantankerous about sports? Is he he becoming an old man who dislikes new developments? Absolutely. 100%. Or are his criticisms valid? And three, which of the major American sports has the brightest future? All right, this uh, this hit me. This this uh, got me right to the core. Am I becoming an old man? I think I might be. Uh, no question. But I love. I, I out of touch? I still no, love it's the kids who are wrong. I still love sports. Don't get me wrong, and I still watch more sports than most people. I, I, I and especially baseball, and I watch all every you know football game that I can. I I I have. I really my only problem with football, I think, is that it's getting a little bit too long, which is my issue with every sport right now. Well, and, yeah, because you got to go to bed at 7.30. You know what, man? <laughs> it's tough being an East Coast sports fan sometimes. Monday Night Football. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. If I could be, a, if I could take everything about my life and just move it to, like, Seattle, oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. I'm serious, though. Like, being an East Coast sports fan, you're up really late for any big game every time. Wake up at 10 a.m. for football. Basketball games right. start. I can't tell four. if he's being sarcastic or not, but no, I'm a hundred percent on your side. I would. I West Coast sports fan is absolutely the perfect spot to be. I think like Mountain 
time zone is the best, but sure. Um, East Coast is late. I, I think the games are getting too long, and I just think there's too much. Like I, I think it's oversaturated a little bit. But I got no beef with the NFL. So I was telling you guys off the air, I watched an 80, 1982 Celtics-Lakers game, 1984 Celtics-Lakers game, and a 1993 Knicks-Bulls game over the weekend. Sig- significant... The 80s basketball was not nearly as good as what we have today. Not even close. Well, yeah, because you weren't growing up then. No, it's but 90s basketball was a lot better as a product. When you were growing up. Well, I, I think the big thing Based is on the like, games I saw. I think like 1991 is when players realized they could dribble with their left hand, which was a big development for the NBA. Well, you I think— You watch those 80s basketball games, and it's just like— it's kind Dude's of true. just dribbling with the pounding <laughs> the ball with their right hand. It's it's incredible. It's kind of true. It's like a video game, um, like an old video game. But no, I mean they started shooting more threes. It opened up the court a little bit more. Michael Jordan was pretty amazing. Like the the game I watched last night, he scored like fifty three points, and uh, it just made me think like anybody who thinks that LeBron James is definitely better than Michael Jordan, you probably should go back and watch Michael Jordan. It's it's a good debate. Uh, I I'm not. I think that sports has gotten a little bit worse because I think that. It's, it's all, it's, it's a money thing, you know? Like they're cramming more ads in, the games are longer. It's just, that's, it's gonna keep going in that direction, I think. So, for that reason, Thursday night football, this gimmick, I, for that reason, I think that it's, that it's getting a little worse. If you, uh, I think Thursday night football on CBS is, one of the best products going right now. I mean, look, it, yeah, I, I know I shouldn't go against the company, but it's not like I'm gonna change anything. I, I just, um, I think if they I do everything for awesome. money, I, Go ahead. I, I really appreciate the fact that all we have all these sports fans and sports and jobs. Me too. Me too. I, I wonder if like there are like really diehard like track and field fans who are like, you know, these athletes today just aren't as good as uh as the guys in the nineteen sixties. Uh, yeah, may, maybe, <laughs> but I no the, the, the argument I've never made the argument that the athletes aren't as good. That obviously would be a silly argument. If they could trim down the game time for every sport, I would really appreciate it. Especially sure. college football. College football is insane. It yeah, is I don't watch college football. Three and a half hour ordeal. And the big time games, like the, the Saturday night 8 p.m. game, is done after midnight. Oh, the it's college crazy. football ch- national championship is like a seven hour thing. It's, it's insane. All right. Uh, tonight we've got Kluber and Dylan Bundy. We're going to start them both. Uh, yeah. Yep. We got Scott Feldman and we got Jake Odorizzi. Would you start either of them? In Tampa. Uh, where? In Tampa. Odorizzi. I'll start to Odorizzi. Tanner Roark and Justin Nicolino. I will start Tanner Roark. Yep. Cueto and R.A. Dickey. Start Cueto. Cueto. No sleeper appeal for Dickey? Nope. Nope. Garrett Cole and Matt Garza. I will start Cole. Yep. Clayton Richard and John Lester. I'll start Lester. Yep. Oh, come on, Lester. Deliver. Um, Marco Estrada and the guy whose name I never wanted to have to pronounce, Austin Biebens Dirks. I don't, I have no idea. The guy on the Rangers. Uh, I just like to imagine that he's like some kind of amalgamation of Justin Bieber and Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> uh, I think I just made him that. Start Estrada. And, uh, or no? I would be a fan of that, but I would not start him in fantasy even if he was that. I will start Marco Estrada and hope that he doesn't give up too many home runs. All right, we have Hector Velasquez and Jason Hamill tonight. Pass on both. Uh, Brad Peacock and uh, Daniel Gossett. Brad Peacock is going to get nine strikeouts in four and a third innings. I will start him. Zach Wheeler and Clayton Kershaw. Start Wheeler. Start them both. 
And would you start either Anibal Sanchez or Sam Gavilio? I would really rather not. All right. What the dealio, Gavilio? That's it for the show, yo. Good to have Heath back. He has a goatee. It's pretty awesome. It's not a goatee. It's a beard. Oh, he has a beard. Are you joining the football podcast today? Live draft? Live draft on the football podcast. I'll be there. What time? 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. Can't wait. See you then. And happy birthday to me. Bye.